What's up, everybody? Yes, yes, yes. You know what time it is. It's Friday. It's 12 noon. It's time for the Entrepreneurial Web. I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox. Before I introduce my guest today, I would like to share with you the message. This is a message. Today's show, once again, shocker, is about martial arts. One of my passions was has been a source of income for me as well over the last few years. Um, and uh, in in the martial arts school I teach at, Sun Dojo, where I'm staff. I've been an instructor for the last three years. We constantly share martial arts values, just as important as the physical training itself is the mental training. And this is something my professor, Professor Stuart Carroll, has said many times over the year. It's had a profound effect on me today. It pertains to everybody's current situation in ways you could barely imagine. And that message is, it is better to be a warrior in a garden and a gardener in a war. We are all facing some very serious challenges right now. The mental training is super important as well as the physical because gyms have been closed for a long time. And after today's or yesterday's report, it don't look like they're gonna be open anytime soon. So I'm gonna bring on my guest. His name is Raul Bolmik. He is a martial arts instructor at Bronx Martial Arts. He's also got a background in pharmaceuticals He's a personal trainer and just an all-around hustler. He's based out of New York City as well, which it's great that we're we're keeping it close because this is apparently one of the safest places in the country right now. So, Roll, are you here? Are you with us? Can you hear me? Can you see me? What's up, Jeremiah? I'm doing good. How are you? Got your guard up? Yes, sir. Got nice. it up. Nice. How are you today? I'm doing all right. Doing pretty good. Great. You're in. Are you in Queens right now? Is that correct? Yes, I'm in Queens, Four Hills. Awesome. Well, we're both on. We're on opposite ends of the F train. Nice. <laughs> I'm in Windsor. I'm in Windsor Terrace in Brooklyn. So we can nice. take a quick commute and catch up. So awesome. Thank you for for agreeing to come on the show. Welcome, welcome. Um, why don't you start by? Awesome. Thank you. Why don't you start by giving everybody a little bit of your background? I know we talked briefly the other day, and you you got you were you studied pharmaceuticals. Yeah, so I'm uh, pretty much a pharmacist turned uh, fighter, you know, um, <laughs> I went to school for pharmacy, um, went to St. John's University, uh, got my doctorate degree in uh, pharmaceutical sciences. Wow. Um, I mean, I've been raised uh, to, uh, you know, my, I'm, I'm Indian, so I'm South Asian. So South Asian parents dream is always to a uh, child or daughter or son to become a doctor. Um, right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, um, I was really good in chemistry in college. Uh, sorry, in high school. And uh, in high school, I was good in chemistry, math, physics. So I was really bouncing ideas. My mm -hmm. mom was like, I was really simple, young kid. My mom was like, you can make a lot of money as a pharmacist. I was like, sure, why not? You know, and I ran with that. So I went to six years of pharmacy school. Um, and then as I graduated in 2010, I've been doing martial arts all my life since I was five. And uh, basically, as I was studying for my board exams, I started training again. Um, and then as I was training, I realized that uh, teaching is something I'm so much better at and I enjoy a lot. And um, I happened to have a, a stroke of luck and uh, got an opportunity to teach at Bronx Martial Arts. I ran with it. I thought it was something it was just going to be for the time being. But as time passed, I just knew that this was what I was supposed to do um, for the rest of my life. And I just took that and I ran with it. And here so I am now. Where'd you go to high school at? I went to Brooklyn Tech. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So well. I'm, I'm, I'm a New Yorker, man. I yeah, raised yeah. Queens, uh, went to high school in Brooklyn, work in the Bronx, uh, work in Manhattan. I've lived in Manhattan too. You know, that is pretty much, pretty much New York, man. And you got to retire in Staten Island to complete the. Uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Circle the whole thing up. Circle the whole thing up. Right. And, um, and, and what was your, your background in martial arts? Give us like the timeline from beginning, like when you started young. I mean, it's probably like me. I started, my, my first thing was karate when I was like eight yeah, years yeah. old, you know. Go so ahead, basically, um, you know, growing up in New York in the 90s, uh, it's not, it was not easy, you know. Yeah. Uh, so back in the day, and, and my, my family came uh, and we were moving from neighborhood to neighborhood. So as a young kid, uh, it's difficult to make friends, um, easy to be picked on. So my parents were like, all right, we're just sick of this. We're, you, you need to just grow a pair. So we're like, <laughs> we're you in martial arts. Um, and I was a big fan of uh, the Ninja Turtles, you know. So Oh, yeah. 
um, my parents were like, all right, like, do you want to learn karate? I was like, yeah, for sure. So I went to uh, train and I started to, uh, I started in Shotokan karate and I went to my sensei's dojo, which is in Steinway, Sensei Kai Leung at Shotojuku Dojo. I started at the age of five um, and, been, and I got my black belt at the age of 12, uh, my first degree black belt. So that was that. Uh, in my teenage years, I played a lot of basketball, so I stopped training martial arts. But when my dreams of making the NBA kind of died, because I didn't grow any taller than 5'9", um, <laughs> I went back to martial arts, you know. And I was like, uh, and I always wanted to go back to martial arts. My mom always told me that you should go back, you should go back, you know. Don't just get your black belt and leave. I was super scared that I forgot everything and I had to start over. So I was yeah. like, there's no way I could do that all over again. But, um, um, you know, I met my sensei at a Christmas party. And he was like, you know, you definitely remember everything. It's just like riding a bike. We'd love to have you back. So I, I jumped back in in my teens, between 15 to 18. I, uh, I went full steam. I started competing a lot. Um, and I was pretty successful locally. And then uh, from there, I went to college. College, I took a break. I tried to train at the same time, but it was a little difficult. I was in a direct, direct program at St. John's in a doctor yeah. program. So the workload was pretty heavy. Sure. Um, after I graduated, I immediately went back. It was not even a question. There's no hesitation or whatever. I immediately went back. But at this time, I wanted to challenge myself a little bit, and I started training uh, Muay Thai. So that was in about like 2010, 2011. Um, I started off at Satan Gym, which is in Queens, pretty famous gym. And I trained there for a little bit. Financially, I just couldn't train for too long. So I, uh, whatever time I trained there for, I just re- took that, continued to study for my boards, um, got the opportunity to teach at Bronx Martial Arts um, in 2012. Um, I also started teaching as an adjunct professor in 2000, in 2010 as well. So I taught for CUNY Hostess College. Um, I taught classes in uh, nutrition, medical terminology. Um, and also, I also taught karate over there as a phys ed class. So, nice. Yeah. So, um, and I always, at the end of my college years, I had a feeling that teaching is something that I was better at. Like, I like working with people. I like mentorship. Um, I enjoyed the physical aspect. I like being an athlete. Um, so it's just finding that balance. I was thinking about whether I should be a college professor and then being a martial arts instructor just happened to land in my lap. And uh, I just went the route of uh, martial arts and, um, you know, I haven't looked back, haven't looked back at all. Um, got my certification in personal training in uh, 2017. And then from there, started doing personal training, started, uh, you know, doing teaching martial arts uh, since 2012. You know, um, I'm in charge of the karate program at Bronx Martial Arts, and uh, I started training Muay Thai. And then around 2012, I was under the instruction of uh, Joey Hernandez, um, who is an instructor at Bronx Martial Arts, who also happened to come from Satan Gym as well. So I've been training Muay Thai under him for, for, that, for that time. And then around, the, I wanted to learn boxing because I, I wanted to see myself as a person that uh, was sort of like a striking specialist, you know. Mm-hmm. I wanted to curate myself, understand more than just karate, um, more than just uh, Muay Thai, more than just boxing. The art has something to offer, and uh, I want to understand that and also be able to help uh, any of my students that, you know, was, was trying to maybe – learn different arts because this is an MMA era, you know, it's very important to remember that. And um, everyone is curious about different things. You know, unfortunately I feel like people dabble, but uh, with, with, with my experience and with my teaching, I have a, you know, just a traditional background. So I've stayed with something for a long time. um, And I feel like I could help people really understand the nuances and the details of every little art. Um, I found my boxing coach around 2017. I was hopping around the city you know, going around to different boxing gyms, taking different classes. And uh, I started training with uh, his Freddie Soto, who trains oh, at yeah. a working fight. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, I started working with him. And, and that's that's pretty much it. Once I found my instructors, I was like, okay, here, here we are. Nice. And then, so you taught, you taught nutrition and, and medical terminology, and you studied pharmaceuticals. Have you found a way to connect all of that with with martial arts instruction, like you, 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 were, you were mentioning being a personal trainer, becoming certified, certified as a personal trainer. Have you found some success kind of packaging that all together as a, as a singular service? Yeah. So basically, um, 
with the benefit of uh, having all this knowledge of pharmacy and nutrition and medical terminology is understanding the human body on a very scientific level, you know? Um, Also, what's great is that there's a lot of misinformation out there when it comes to uh, training and like, there's always people are always being sold like fast training, fast results. Yes. And um, I'm able to decipher a lot of these uh, scientific points and be able to explain to my clients in layman's terms, like, mm. you know, this is not exactly what it is. Because all the fine print details is really much <laughs> where the truth is, you know. Yeah. So um, uh, pretty much uh, through training, I've been able to uh, do through all this knowledge. I've been able to sort of understand the science behind things which gives everyone a huge advantage, all yeah. my clients advantage. Uh, understand the body from an anatomical level um, as a fully functioning machine. machine. Mm-hmm. Um, what's a funny story is that before pharmacy, I actually wanted to be, be an engineer, you know? Um, and now I actually feel like I'm back at engineering because engineering is all about building and now I'm just working with people and building people, you know? Yeah. So I, I, I feel like I'm right back at home what I'm supposed to be doing. So, um, but as a singular service, yeah, uh, I just, I just have a good understanding of everything from a scientific aspect, which I feel is very important because, uh, a lot of things are just put out there and you need to kind of like do your detective work to make sure the legitimacy, the, the, the testing that's done, the, the experiments that's done for whether it's this food or, you know, this new diet that's out there, right. or, you know, things like that. Right, because there are some things that are like have historically been tried and tested, and they work. And then there's a bunch of Amazon Prime kind of you know yes. <laughs> deliver in in two days, and you're going to be you know super fit. Yes, yes, absolutely true. And it's great because we get the same kind of instruction uh, from from our school as well, where our instructors, um, the the two that own it, uh, were acupuncturists. They met in acupuncture school. And they were always into, uh, you know, particular type of healing. They've studied anatomy in a huge way, nutrition, and that's always offered. And yeah, you can't, you can't just expect you're going to go to the gym and just work out alone. And yeah, yeah. voila, you're like, fine, you need to, you need to understand more the base level, both mental, scientifically, like you said, and physically about, about what's going on. Um, cool. Well, we're going to take a, a short break here. We're going to come back in a few minutes and I want to pick up with, how you and I kind of connected, which was via TikTok. Yes, TikTok. Of all things, two, two grown-ass men <laughs> On TikTok. Connecting, connecting through TikTok. So we'll lay, I'll lay a little foundation about like what TikTok is for, the, for, for all the, the people listening that are like, what is TikTok? And we'll kind of talk about uh, what's happening right now and then, and then hopefully the future, all right? We'll be back in just a few, everybody. You're listening to The Entrepreneurial Web. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day.
Okay, everybody, welcome back again. It's Friday, 12 to 1 o'clock, entrepreneurial web time. We're going round for round today with my guest, Raul Bomek. We're coming from New York City. I'm in Brooklyn. He's in Queens. We're on the F train, and we're about to kick it off. He is a martial arts instructor. He is a personal trainer. He's, you got a PhD, did you say, in pharmaceuticals? Are you here? Raul, you Sorry. Hear me? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> are you are you with us? I heard you for a second. I heard you apologize. No apologies. Yeah, I'm here. There we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no sorry. apologies on the radio. <laughs> no problems. <laughs> There's no crying in baseball. No apologies in the radio. You said you had a PhD in in pharmaceuticals, correct? Yes, sir. It's a specifically a PharmD, so a doctor of pharmacy. Yeah. That is commitment. And you were you were talking earlier about martial arts too, like not hopping around, like picking, which is a very, it's a core value of martial arts. Like you pick your, you know, you, you team up with a, a school and an instructor and you, you commit, you stick with it. Commit so you, to them, yes. You're all about the commitment. <laughs> yeah, I guess, you know, I mean, that's the, the secret, that's the secret sauce of success, you know? Right? You can't yeah. just dabble around, can't hop around. I, I tell people all the time that I think the most important story we were told as kids is the story of the rabbit and the tortoise, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the, it's all about, you know, have you ever a big goal of a small steps on a daily basis? Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're always sold that fast thing, but we always, right. always want to be the hare, but the tortoise is the one that wins. So one of the things you've committed to recently is the app TikTok, social media <laughs> app, video-based but kind of like Instagram, but with video in, in kind of interactive way. Uh, yeah. It was, I think it was the most downloaded app in the app store in 2019, like bazillions of gazillions of users. And, um, and it was dominated largely by like seven to 12 year olds at first. And then it like aged up a little bit, but normally like last year when you open your, your, your app and your feed, it was a bunch of like, young kids dancing and, and duetting and like kind of battling. So it was like a, it's, it's also for those of you that are listening, it has a, a music undertone, which is really great because it's got a bunch of amazing, like very popular uh, tunes from, from, you know, currently like the top, the top 40 hits of today, but goes all the way back to like Sinatra and everything like that. The wonderful thing about using TikTok and how I was attracted to it was that you could use that music and post it to your other social media if it was embedded with the TikTok uh, logo without any repercussion. But if you tried to, you know, rip an Usher song and put it on your Facebook post for your restaurant, like I tried to do once, <laughs> they block you or Usher calls you and he's like, yo, you can use it. You just got to pay me. <laughs> you know, so the cool thing about TikTok is you could use Usher and and as long as you use it in, within, you build the video within the app. Uh, you can repost to Instagram or Twitter or to any of your other social media platforms where you're trying to promote, especially your business. I'm not sure how they treat personal accounts, but I know for business, because I run a few business accounts on social media, they were like, no, nah, you can't do that. But then I was able to use it for doing like cool, you know, cool videos for my restaurant or for the wine store or whatever. And even the dojo, I would, I would record a parts of class and I'd mash it all up and then I'd rip like, I had the tiger and it was just like the coolest thing ever, you know? Yeah, so that's yeah. how I got, that's how I got started in it. And then my kids were like, Oh, you're on TikTok," And then they were, then it's, it's turned into this whole thing, but give us a, uh, give us your, your, uh, your kind of a uh, history with TikTok, And, and I know there's a little, uh, a little Gary V in there, which is why well, I'm a huge fan yeah, of man. as well. So, I mean, uh, like I said, once I changed my career from pharmacy to martial arts, um, and personal training, um, one of my big goals is obviously it was uh, to be a big time athlete and competitor. So I wanted, I just didn't want to be some dude teaching karate in yeah. some of the city because if you know, there's so many black belts in karate and, and it's happening in jujitsu as well. There's so many yeah. black belts in jiu-jitsu and being a black belt for a long time, you know, what makes you special? Okay. It's kind of like having like your bachelor's degree. So yeah. when I first started, uh, I wanted, I'll be honest with you. I wanted to be known, you know, and one the first way was to be an athlete. And I competed in sport karate for a really long time from 2014 to 2017. And, uh, I, I, I competed for a national team. I was trying to, com com uh, 
you know, get on the national team. Uh, karate just got in the Olympics in 2020. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's not going to happen because not of happening. COVID. But, uh, <laughs> not happening. But, uh, but, you know, that was one, that was my main goal. So I was competing heavily and things like that. Um, in 2017, uh, if you, if you train seriously, you know, you run out of training partners. So things, things happened where I ran out of training partners, my work schedule, things were just getting really hectic. And at that point, I made the decision to fully commit myself to the future of the of my dojo and uh, help because uh, my competition team was growing as well. Because not only was I competing, I was coaching as well. Mm-hmm. And my, my kids' competition team was growing as well. A lot of them were brown belts, and they needed that extra help, that soul, soul, eye, and dedication as a coach. And I just, uh, you know, I put my I put my dreams to the side, and I was like, you know what? I'm getting older. This is a young man's sport. Let me just invest <laughs> in my youth. I think I've had enough knowledge. So, so basically, as an athlete, I wanted to be known. Um, next was my teaching, and uh, I used every social media platform to to try to you know influence and spread the art. Um, traditional martial arts are not really popular these days, um, right. and I wanted to be an ambassador for the art, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and as I learned boxing and Muay Thai, I started to sort of feel as if I can almost have my own way of uh, striking and my own philosophy and methodology, whether, whether it's using the karate footwork, the boxing head movement, the clinch of Muay Thai, you know, things like that, the, the bulliness of Muay Thai, you know. So using all these uh, concepts and philosophies, I could have my own method of uh, movement, you know. Um, and I took to the – t- there's no better way to spread your message than through the internet, you know. Um, and with the click of a button, you could literally have hundreds of people, like thousands of people just right. watching what you're doing. Now it's up to them to see if it's like, if they like it or they don't, you have no control over that. But hopefully, you know, someone, even if one or one or two people make use of it, it's cool. So Instagram, I was on Instagram for a long time. I've been growing it. Uh, what's funny is my Instagram account. I just started it off as a way to reconnect with my pharmacy friends because me being out of pharmacy, I feel like I lost touch with them. I still want to show them that I was doing something really cool in, a, in another field. And um, we didn't get to see each other. So I started off as that. Now it's manifested into, you know, uh, me logging my training, you know, putting up workouts, putting up, uh, you know, uh, drills and things like that. Um, but the truth of the matter is on Instagram, it's super uh, uh, packed and uh, very yeah. crowded. And it's very difficult to grow. It is possible but it's very difficult to grow. So I was always looking to see where else I can grow. I listen, you know, if you're an entrepreneur or you're, you're someone that's on their hustle, you listen to Gary V. And uh, Gary V was always raving about TikTok. And, and I was like, I don't know, man. <laughs> this is a little fishy, you know? Because <laughs> you would see these weird ads on Facebook. I don't know if you saw them earlier. Maybe, no, maybe. I didn't. It was like 2018 or something. But you see ads for TikTok, right? Because before it was TikTok, it was Musical.ly. Right, right. Like you know, make which is cool. You know, it's totally fine, right? But like, not not for us, you know. And yeah. then they rebranded to TikTok, and then you would see these like these these strange ads on Facebook where people are just lip syncing in like these costumes, and it's like I'm definitely not downloading that, you know. But then Gary Vee is like raving about it, and it's like, you know what, man? I don't know. Like, so so I secretly downloaded it. I was like, all right, let me just check this out, right? So around September 2019, I just downloaded it. I was like, let me let me just check it out. Give this guy, give this guy a chance because he, you know, he was always like, I predicted Facebook, I predicted Instagram, yeah. I predicted this. You know, TikTok is the next thing, right? So I, I secretly downloaded it. Um, I kind of gauged. <laughs> what's funny is I kind of gauged uh, the the coolness of it because I I talked to some of the teenagers at the dojo. I was like, hey, yeah. you guys called tiktok and like oh hell no you know <laughs> never catch us on that app i was like, oh man if the teens at the dojo catch me on this thing man i'm done yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's over. ask them now ask them now though <laughs> hey, now yeah but, but, but it's like you know last year september i was like i was oh man like so i just like had like a blank account i was just scrolling through it you know just trying to understand the app you know when i realized uh there was massive potential is when um, I saw a lot of the comedians from like Instagram, mm. like King Batch and uh, all yeah. those guys on TikTok as well and had their million followers over there. And I was like, dude, these guys just like totally hacked the system, you know? Yep. 
they have their followers on Instagram, they have their followers on TikTok. And this is the other thing, right? So me being Indian, I knew that TikTok was very big in India, you know? And, mm, yeah. and uh, you know, India is the most populated country in the world, you know? So these guys making comedy for Americans would hashtag TikTok India in their hashtag. I was like, man, these Indian people don't know what the hell you're talking about, <laughs> like, you know? But they're totally gaming the system, right? And I was like, man, these guys are smart. There's definitely potential in this. And uh, that's when I started uploading content. Um, I started. So did, up- you use, did you use that hashtag at first? No, I didn't. I did. Okay. <laughs> I got a funny story because <laughs> I'll tell you in a second. But my my reach went to India anyway. <laughs> so so basically, I started uploading content there, and it was very erratic. You know, it was very random. Mm-hmm. Like. Um, I was explaining to a friend that if you go back to my initial post, it was like once a month, like twice a month, yeah. you know, and then, and it was just uploading is basically if I had time for it, you know what I'm saying? If I had time yeah. for it, I'd put something up there, but I wasn't getting, you know, I was like at 60 followers or something like that. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, around March, um, I started to, and after a while, I was like, you know what, let me do a little bit more homework on this and see what other people are doing to, uh, to, to, you know. Uh, get their get get a, a successful video on TikTok. So, I I follow this one gentleman who's a personal trainer in New York City, and uh, this guy had around like twenty thousand followers on Instagram, um, but he had five he had half a million on TikTok. And I was like, what is yeah. this guy doing? And, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> yeah, and all all I saw was uh, I mean, he was making very good quality videos, right? I felt like my videos were the same high quality, and uh, he was adding text. So yeah. In March, like literally three months ago, I just uploaded a video of me with one of my clients doing a boxing combination, and I gave like a simple tip, and I added text. That video blew up. Like that, that took me. That was the first video that just blew up. It went from sixty, like I got like three hundred thousand views on that. You know, that video right now is at seven hundred fifty thousand views. Yeah, um, and um, and basically. It was just a, a tip. My followers went from 60 to like 6,000. And I was like, whoa, what just happened, you know? And that's when I was like, and that's all before COVID. Right before COVID and the quarantine happened in New York, you know? COVID was going on, right? But people are still like, yeah. Yeah, who knows if this is real or not, this and that. And yeah. once once in March, a couple of weeks later, quarantine hit. And I was like, man, I started making content every day. I started making content regularly. And... um yeah, man. Um, I just went to work, and and now um, my following is at seventy eight thousand, which is pretty cool. And um, I definitely d- do think that it is uh, a great app uh, in terms of spreading whatever, spreading knowledge of whatever you're doing. You know. Yeah. Cool. All right, man. We're gonna take one more break. We'll be back in just a few. Everybody, you're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com.
Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. everybody welcome back once again the entrepreneurial web we are kicking the weekend off right with a show not only on martial arts and martial arts values but also how to effectively use your social media my guest today raul bomek he is a martial arts instructor at bronx martial arts academy but he's also tiktok famous <laughs> so you you alluded to this uh in the last in the last portion, and I just wanted to clarify for people, especially because they're probably listeners who aren't aware of the way kind of social media works and saturation. So there are certain apps like Facebook, which has way more content than users. So it's hard for your content. You put a post out and it's like, why are people not interacting with this? Why do I have no engagement? Why do I have no following? Because there's just too much, too much shit, too much muck and mire, you know? Same with Instagram, it kind of got that way, but they both had very uh, good, what they call organic reach early on in their in their lifespan, where you put something up and there was way more, there were way more users than there were content. So your content got bumped out to a lot more people just organically without you having to do anything. Now, if you want that to happen on Facebook or Instagram, you basically have to pay <laughs> and they'll, they'll bump you out to more people. But when you take apps like TikTok, or LinkedIn, there are currently way more users than there is content. So you put up a video, it catches, and then boom, all of a sudden, like Raul experience, you have, what, how many views did you say that first one got? 300,000? That first one got 750,000 right now. But even besides that, I have two videos that hit a million. Yeah, it's insane. And, and that just, and it just happened. You just like, you were putting yeah. up the same thing that you were doing before. It's no extra yeah. work for you. Just your reach goes, ba-boom. And that, my friends, is what they call being TikTok famous. <laughs> <laughs> and not for nothing, it, 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 it can monetize, right? I mean, you take people like Charlie D'Amelio, who did the same thing. She was a dancer, she was 15, started yeah. putting stuff up. She got TikTok famous. Next thing you know, she's in the Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> no, right? Boomer Sison, you know? And it was just like, it was only because she put herself out there in, in the TikTok universe. And so it can monetize. It can really it can really work. So you, uh, you mentioned in one of your videos I saw just recently, and I think we talked about it the other day, that you have a, a, a sponsorship with Venom. Is that correct? Yes. So, um, you know, I, I always worked with Venom. I always had a lot of Venom products. I just love their products. Um, and Tell I everybody just, what Venom is. So, they, <laughs> so Venom is an MMA uh, apparel and equipment company. Um, what I love about the company is they have uh, apparel and equipment for all arts, for karate, for Muay Thai, for boxing, for fitness. Um, they, the equipment, and what's great is that they have different lines of the equipment, you know, something for like elite professional athletes and then other people, other equipment for like the everyday user. So they have different price ranges for everybody. And, um, I just reached out to them, became a brand ambassador. And I know that my socials uh, had a lot to do with it, you know, in yeah. terms of um, becoming that. So I was very, really excited. And how long ago did that, did that start up? That happened actually like two, three weeks ago. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And social plays a big part in that. So it's, I've been posting, you know, so what happened with me, and uh, we talked about this the other day, you know, I was using TikTok mainly just to underlay beats for, for my businesses and create. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted, I didn't see any other like restaurants and wine stores utilizing TikTok or any businesses really for that matter. <laughs> and same thing, like I'm listening to Gary Vee and he's like, get on TikTok, get on TikTok. And I'm like, <laughs> September, 2019, I'm like, I don't know, man, this is like nothing but kids. And my kids are like, Oh, you you got TikTok, and I was like, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know about this. Hesitant, yeah, <laughs> bro. I was like, no way. But then once I once I saw what the video editing features were, because I'm I'm always busy, I'm always on the move, and I'm like, wow, this is pretty fast. And and for everybody listening, the max length of a video is sixty seconds. You can't make a video more than sixty seconds. There's no long format. 
most of the tracks are 15 seconds. So they really push out, you know, they, they want you to make 15 second videos with the, with the vertical orientation, not the horizontal. They definitely prefer the full screen. Yeah. Um, so there, th there are certain little things that you can do that bump you up. Like you were saying, adding text and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I started, I didn't see anybody else using it for business. So I was like, let's try this. Cause it just gives us a new look, you know, it's something fresh. I get to use the beats, some of the shakes, you know, you could line stuff up with the music. Which, and so I studied music. I studied drums that might have a master's in percussion. So I was like, I get, I get the, the flow and the beat and I can line that up and it was quick and easy. I didn't have to spend a lot of time in like premiere trying to edit my videos and everything and like sourcing music from somewhere. Um, so at first it was like nothing but like kids, but then I started to see fitness people even before, even before COVID hit, I started to get like some fitness stuff. I started to see some, some striking stuff, some jujitsu stuff. Some guys just doing like muscle ups and everything, which I'm a huge fan of. And then COVID hit and it was like, boom, all of a sudden my feed was nothing but like fitness people. And that's when I, when I first, uh, I first saw, um, you know, one of your videos and started following you. So I was like, okay, I'm, I've been teaching. I know a few things. I can demonstrate some things. I started to put them up and I would, uh, the, for those of you listening as well, TikTok uh, videos, translate very well into Instagram stories. It's the same, it's the same vertical uh, orientation. And they're again, it's 15 seconds for the most part. So they're really nice. Um, I started pumping out some of my fitness stuff in Instagram stories and, and an athletic apparel company reached out to me and they were just like, Hey, same thing. You know, you get a code, you get a discount, you get a code, anybody that, uh, you know, orders with your code, you get, you get, it's like commission, right? You get a little yeah, bit yeah. of commission from Venom. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. I was like, "What?" It took like two weeks for that. I was like, "Holy, oh, that's really? sick!" Really? That's <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> I didn't do it. I'm I'm too busy. But uh, I was just like, "Wow, that's amazing!" How quickly it works and how many people are actually watching. Everyone is watching. Everyone is watching. And these days, right? We we got no time to play games. We gotta take the money wherever we can get it, right? Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, man. You gotta hop on it. You gotta hop on it. So how things? Go ahead. No, I said with everything happening with COVID and yeah, like security and whatnot, you gotta just. Do your best, you know, to uh, figure out where you're where you going to get your next check because nothing is really guaranteed. I'll be honest. I started looking up uh, jobs and I saw a job to teach kids English in China. And I was like, you know what? If I got to wake up at 4 a.m. to get a check, I got to do what I got to do. <laughs> yeah, right. And that, that would be remote. You don't have yeah. to go to China, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, the next thing I was going to ask were how, how have things changed for you? You were a busy dude leading up to COVID and, and same for me, I was teaching a ton. And the great thing for me is the school is right next to my restaurant and right across from my wine store. So I would just like do the circle and I was at all places every day, but the dojo was like, you guys, anybody around here, that was like my, my focus. That's where I just like, couldn't wait to get back in there and either teach another class or take, take another class. And then that got sucked out where like my other two places have continued to operate, you know, albeit uh, modified, but I'm still worked every day, you know, I'm still pulling like 10 hour days every day. But for you, the school was shut. And what, it, how has that changed things for you? What are some of the things you've come up with to be creative? And besides, I mean, the TikTok thing has been great because it introduced me to somebody like you and it's been fascinating. Um, what are some of the other things that you've done to kind of keep, keep staying the fight? Yeah, so basically, you know, uh, being in charge of a martial arts program, um, I felt as if it was my responsibility and duty to guide the students through this difficult time. Um, I immediately took to a virtual. So I started going live on Instagram, and um, I had uh, I had my students, uh, you know, see watch my Instagrams. And uh, I was basically doing 30, 35-minute workouts um, in the mornings and the evenings uh, on Instagram live. So that was the first thing I did. Um, after that, I started to do Zoom. And um, once I, you know, I never knew about Zoom before, but then once yeah, I discovered same here. <laughs> I started, yeah, I, I think the whole world discovered Zoom. <laughs> so um, I, started, I started going on Zoom and I started to um, teach my karate kids uh, through Zoom, teach my clients through Zoom. And uh, initially it was very strange. You know, yeah. I'll, on Instagram, I'm just going live and I literally can't see anybody but I'm like, so you almost sound like a crazy person, like talking to the phone, you know, and you're just hoping that someone is watching and there's like, there's like viewers, like one viewer at least, you know, but after a while, uh, everybody was looking 
for some source and some way to maintain their health. So people started logging on and um, I saw I had a set schedule. I would I would teach at 10 a.m. I would teach at 7 p.m. And I would have different um, uh, routines like Monday would be uh, upper body, uh, upper body and upper body focus. Wednesday would be legs. Friday would be total body. Tuesday would be Muay Thai. Thursday would be boxing. And then uh, Saturdays would be uh, I teach karate, you know. So I would do that on Instagram Live. Then I went to Zoom, and Zoom was way better because I could see my students. And yeah. then um, I started teaching them over there. Um, I think it's super important that as uh, as instructors, as uh, you know, people that have been training the art for a long time, we have to figure out how to train without a partner. Because if you're a serious practitioner, you'll find out that training partners are far and few. You know, as you t- as you climb, quote unquote, to the top of that mountain, you know. Um, for whatever the reason may be, you know, people have a lot of responsibilities with family, things like that. So, um, and actually in karate, that's the reason why you have kata, which is forms, you know, Mm -hmm. which is one way to maintain your practice on your own. Um, so I started to, uh, just have my students practice a lot of that. Obviously sparring is something where you will, you know, uh, have a little bit of a drawback because you don't have a live partner, but I started to come up with a lot of drills with the handball. And uh, I posted those on TikTok as well and Instagram where you were working on your timing, your reaction, yeah. just bouncing the ball off the floor, catching the ball. A lot of, I do a lot of shadow boxing. You know, I feel like shadow boxing and kata is pretty much the same thing. So Absolutely. A lot of boxing, a lot of footwork. So those are some of the things I started to do with my students as I did it myself in order to continue my own training, rediscover uh, new things, and I just pass it on to my students and then just made videos and pass it to everybody else. And I was hoping it would help somebody. Uh, has, has the school continued to uh, collect tuition in any form during, during the shutdown? Yeah. Yes, we have, you know, we've been, uh, we've been still collecting tuition. Uh, we've been providing uh, a, a lot of the jujitsu instructors as well as myself in charge of karate program. We've been, we've been pushing out a lot of content for our clients and our students in order to help maintain their, uh, to maintain their training, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I, I always tell my students that it's important to remember that during this time that the training will not be exactly the same, but something is better than nothing, and uh, you want to you, you have to adapt. The best people, whether you're a fighter or a businessman or entrepreneur or whatever it is, has the ability to pivot and adapt in stressful situations, you know, as opposed to stopping and getting stuck and just kind of like you know crying about it, you know, and just, if you're constantly complaining that my dojo is closed, I can't do this, you know, you got to look at the other side of the coin. You got to focus on what you can do and just take that to the end power, you know, man, that was the knockout. We could end the show now. That was beautiful. <laughs> that was like the best. We're not though. <laughs> We're going to do one more segment. We are going to take a break. However, so we'll be back in just a minute, but that was, that was like the, that was the gem right there, man. Thank you. Awesome. All right, everybody. We'll be back in just a few. You're listening to the entrepreneurial web. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media. My guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. TalkingAlternative.com 
Okay, everybody, last round. Ding, ding, ding. In the blue corner, <laughs> Raul Bomek. What's up, guys? So you were saying uh, at the end of that, that was just so eloquent and beautiful and uh, of that last segment. And it's just like the message, especially if you're training, <laughs> but if you're in business, it's like, what happens when you're injured? You know, do you give up? Like I've torn my MCL, I've torn my meniscus, I've had my ankle pop, like all these crazy things. I had hernia surgery and I'm like, I got to get back in there and you adjust and you modify. And what happens for you in those situations? Like I'm sure you've trained through injuries as well. What happens when you just train through an injury? Um, I just, smart. <laughs> uh, like honestly, when, when I, when I, when I have an injury, like right now I'm dealing with like really tight left, left uh, hamstring, um, I focus on like just other aspects of my body, you know? So right. very important to remember that training is not just physical, it's mind, body, spirit, you know? So you got to figure out uh, how you're growing as well. Um, and sometimes constant movement is good to take a pause and then reflect, you know? Um, in traditional arts, you start off the class with meditation you, you and that's in order to prepare the mind for the class, you know, like famous person once said, you guys probably know, you must empty your cup to fill your cup, you know? So Bruce Lee. Yep, um, we say that all the time. Yeah. Empty your thoughts of, of prior in order to re really understand the lessons taught. And after the class it's important to reflect, you know? So sometimes with a busy, with a busy lifestyle that people have, whether you're in fitness, business, entrepreneuring, as a parent, you know, or just a, just a regular person. And, uh, in this COVID era, which is a super stressful time, it's really important to be uh, still at one point and to reflect on things. Um, so, like I said, dealing with a hamstring injury, um, I'm used to being really fast. And sometimes I have to accept that, you know what, maybe I'm not just as fast, but I will do something else to help, you know. Um, picking up a book once in a while, relearning maybe the history of karate, the, he, relearning the history of boxing, you know, watching tape, watching footage, you know, recording yourself and watching your own footage. Those are different ways to grow mentally, physically, and spiritually as well. And also revisiting your whys. Like, why are you still training? I tell the students all the time that the most difficult okay. part of any journey is in the middle. You know, it's in the middle. The yeah. beginning is everyone starts, right? And, and everyone, when you get to the finish line, it feels great. But in the middle is, is the most difficult. And uh, that's where things get really hazy and confusing. And um, I tell the students all the time that your reason from the start has to change through time, you know, and it has to get stronger. For example, I started training for the most simplest of reasons because I wanted to be a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, you know. <laughs> now, if I had that same reason now, you know, it wouldn't really last long. So as, as you age and you get older and you discover the art, the, the reason, you know, increases in depth, you know, sometimes you're training because yeah. you enjoy being around friends and family that are training with you. Um, you rediscovered your body in different ways. Um, but yeah, but basically going around the injury, you've got to figure out, first of all, from the physical aspect, if you, if you injured your lower body, focus on your upper body. If you feel, if you injured your upper body, focus on your lower body, vice versa. Um, yeah. and if you're just tired and gassed out from the physical training, sit down a little bit, write your thoughts down, you know, revisit your whys. Yeah, no, that's, that's what I was, that's what I was hoping to get out of you. It's like, you, you just have to adjust. You don't stop. You don't give up. Yeah. And the same is very true right now, whether you're in business, whether I, you know, my prediction is, is that once they finally open things back up, guys like you and I are going to be really busy because everybody's going to need some fitness. <laughs> Cause a lot of people are like, they're watching and they're like, Oh, that looks cool. Yeah. I'm just going to eat this burger. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we'll have a, a more captive audience when things open back up. But yes, the, the idea is like, don't give up. You know, it's hard. You know, you may be out for a little bit. You know, when I had hernia surgery, I had to take two weeks off of teaching, but within two weeks, I was back to teaching. I had to modify a lot of things. I had to use other people for demonstrations sometimes or just know when to not demonstrate that one thing and just talk to it. I'm the yeah. same, like, you know, hurting my knee. I had to adjust. I had to protect it, but I, I got to think in a different way. I didn't quit. I took a few days off, but then I was back in there and it was like, okay. And I got so much better during that period, like people were like, you're supposed to Absolutely, be injured. Yeah, Why are you like progressing so well? 
And I think the same is very true right now. It's like you, you have to keep yourself in the fight some way. You have to keep a foot in the in the door. Of course, you have to modify. Of course, you have to pivot. You have to do things differently. Reflection. See where else. Like it's like straight up Gary V. Right. Everything is like an opportunity somewhere else. Like when one door is closed, there's always another one open. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you know. I I think it's important to remember that uh, it's really easy to be. Um, how do how do I say this? It's really easy to sort of like not be optimistic you know you have to yeah. fight to stay positive being negative is very easy it's very simple yep. you're just stopping and being negative that's like the automatic reaction sometimes mm-hmm. but uh you have to uh, consciously make it a point to be like no there is a way i have to find a way and i will make that way and um and that 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 resiliency and grit is is extremely important in terms of your your character and also, you just being successful in uh, what you want to pursue and what you want to do, um, which which led me to TikTok. You know, like <laughs> everything about TikTok, I just was like, this could be another opportunity. Let me just give it a chance. Right, and it's mad awkward at first, right? Yeah, it's really <laughs> it's like, awkward. Like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm doing this. Like training, like my I remember like my first couple of jujitsu classes, and I'm like, this dude's on top of me. Like, what is this all about? Like, why am I here? But by my third class, literally, like in my third class, I was like. I'm going to get a black belt. I'm going to do this. And I just like literally have not turned away since then. And that was almost five years ago. Um, yeah, so yeah. Just being such a, a, a physical sport right from the start, you know, um, it tests your heart, your character, your, your tenacity off yeah. the bat. And, um, you know, it, it's uh, some people, they're like, whoa, this is major shock <laughs> value, you know, but it's yeah. really, really beneficial and uh, uh, physically as well as mentally. Oh, 100%. And you've done a bang out job like with the martial arts messages, which is funny because we barely even talked about that. I was like, I want you to talk about like social media, you know, and you're like just <laughs> delivering like the goods, man. It's really awesome and uh, very kindred because our school is is uh, oriented the same way. In fact, there's no competition at our school at all. Like nobody competes. So it's straight up just like mind, body, spirit. Of course, it, my, my instructor always says this, Yes, I want you to be a badass. I want you to be strong enough to protect yourself in any situation. But I also want you to have the empathy to know when to be a good person and like balance that out. It's like so important. Like, yeah, you should learn to defend yourself. You should, you know, going back to the the reason I chose that quote for the week. Um, I was in a Twitter discussion yesterday with some people. It started about martial arts. I put something out about about uh, training and, and teaching and such. And um, somebody was like, yeah, this fitness guy, he was like, because there's a lot of fitness people on Twitter as well. He's like, yeah, it looks like it'd be very beneficial. I guess it's better to have it, you know, and not need it. And I was like, exactly. Like, it's better to be a a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war, you know, because you you never know. But like always just like sharpening that that blade, you know, just a little bit. You said something about that earlier, too, just like nudging it along a little bit. You know, if you want that tree to come down, hack at it five times a day. One day it's coming down. It might, you know, it's not like the knockout where it comes down uh, all at once. But, but you gotta, you gotta do those little incremental. Chip, 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 chip. Training, so is, gonna, training is also a metaphor for life. You know, I tell my students all Dude. the time that I don't really need to know you outside of the dojo. Just from the training you do here for one hour, I can sort of figure out. Yeah doing outside of school and obviously dealing with kids all the time you know um kids teenagers growing adults uh and just adults in general because we all have room to grow regardless of age um it's important to to uh, not let little just things like i i taught class the other day and you know some of the students kept wiping their sweater this and that i was like look you can't let these little distractions you know stop you from holding your stance or holding your technique you know or your geek, you know, coming apart a little bit. Yeah. You no, know, you're like, you know what? I don't want to go to work today because maybe the sun is not out or something like that. You know. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, it's it, it's that that's the difference with martial arts practitioners that that tenacity, that grit, that that constant trudging forward and that forward movement. You know. Yeah. No, it helped me, and it kept me from burning my businesses to the ground many, many times. So we're going to have to wrap up. Where can people find out about you if somebody wants to get in touch with you? Hey, um, you can hit me up on on uh, Instagram. Um, uh, my username is O-Z-E-N-Y-C. 
uh, TikTok as well, OZNYC. And I'm also, if you want to train in person, uh, I'm in Queens. I I, t- I do uh, I take clients in Manhattan. And uh, if you're in the Bronx, catch me, catch me at Bronx Martial Arts when everything opens up. Nice. I'd love to connect uh, sometime soon. You know, maybe we meet up outside and do a little and do a little training or something. Uh, it's, yeah, we yeah, have yeah. so much in common. It'd be great to actually like meet up at some point. So let's make that happen. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Really awesome stuff. I'll talk to you soon. Everybody else, have a great weekend. Stay safe. Stay fit. Keep your fight. Keep your guard up. Keep yourself in the fight. All right, everybody. Have a great weekend. You're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Hey, all you crazy listeners, looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.